Hi everybody and welcome to episode 9 of Active Souls Podcast with me, Joshua Streisky. Me, Paul Dennett. And me, Carl Roebuck. Hey, Mr. Roebuck's joined us. Good evening. How you doing? How we doing? I'm good. Right, just for the listeners, um, we invited Carl onto the uh, podcast because I actually did a bit of research and in episode four, I think Josh mentioned his name 28 times in around 16 minutes. (laughs) So I thought we better get get him on the podcast so we can talk to him properly. That's because he loves me so much. Is that what it is? Oh, fair play. Yeah, you're just jealous, Paul, that you're not in the triangle of love. <laughs> right, how are we doing, gents? We all had a good uh, training week and things? Um, ah, training, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sort of. I'm finding training a bit hard at the moment. It's been a weird old year. So, like uh, the rest of us, how many races have you had cancelled? Um, I think two this year, two or three. Yeah, I was going to do the slog, which is gone. Obviously, we were going to do Outlaw, which got cancelled. Mm-hmm. And there was one uh, we were going to do, which was the um, uh, one DB Max one over in Wales, uh, the Lydney one. I um, can't remember what it was called now. The Wild Boar. Wild Boar, that's the one. Um, so but that one we got... have a race coming up though, don't we? We do. <laughs> you two do. I'm, I'm <laughs> taking myself out of that equation. So with you, the um, COVID know. and stuff, Carl, how have you been finding it? We've been asking all the athletes and stuff we've had on. How have you been coping with all the, the lockdown and stuff? Have you lost like momentum and a bit of motivation during the whole process? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, as you know, me and you started the year quite, quite well, didn't we? We had sort of outlaw in mind, um, had a bit of a, a, a build phase training plan in place and we were doing quite a bit of swimming, um, getting that sorted out and building up nice and slow. And then it all sort of just abruptly came to an end, um, which was quite difficult, which is quite tricky. Um, and then, yeah, motivation-wise, it just just vanished, really, to be honest. Um, because I'm, I don't know how other people are, but I, I need something to train for. To train, I need to go. I, I need a goal, and I need um, I need uh, a race to get me sort of in the in the mood to uh, go out there and um, train hard and train properly. Yeah, we were, I, we were chatting last week about having a why. Why do we go out and do it? And if there's no why, yeah. it's so hard to to say get out the door. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's exactly how I am. I think a lot of people are the same, aren't they? You need a motivation to go out there and do it. Um, so, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. I do train, but not with any consistency. And I think that's the key in it. It's got to have consistency there um, if you want to do anything and, and improve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's been, yeah, it's been a weird old year. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of us out there exactly the same. Um, one thing I do yeah. want to touch on um, just before we, because we've asked Carl to come on as well because he's um, he's got a try, he's part of a try club for kids, uh, and we just wanted to focus on really on this episode, the next generation coming through, uh, and what we can do as experienced triathletes to to help bring bring the next generation through and find the next Brangley maybe. Uh, before we go into that, though, I just wanted to cover a few things that um, we touched on with Dawn in the last episode uh, about building mental strength. Um, I'm doing a lot of traveling this week with work and I've listened to a few podcasts. I just wanted to highlight a podcast that I picked up on. Um, it's called the High Performance Podcast with, um, oh, what's his name, Josh? Jake. Remind me. 
Jake Humphries. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and he basically interviews people that have done, are at the top of their game or been at the top of their game. And it kind of blended in really nicely with what we spoke to with Dawn last week. Uh, and one of the things that I picked up on was when they were chatting about mental strength was athletes taking 100% responsibility for everything they do, including things that go wrong that aren't their fault. Uh, and I just really wanted to highlight that, as I say, bring that back to the fore from what we were chatting to last week with Dawn. They had an um, example on there where um, they were chatting about people, uh, races going wrong, uh, and the, the, the unprepared athlete blaming their surroundings or blaming the weather or blaming their coach, where the pro athlete basically just got on and did it and maybe changed the wheel, changed, the, changed brake cables or whatever it was and cracked on. Uh, and I think we, where we were talking last week about being 100% prepared for everything, uh, so I think that blends in quite nicely. Uh, any of you guys heard any of the po- those podcasts? I know yeah, Joshua has. A, yeah, I've listened to a couple, to be fair. Yeah, no, definitely. I think well worth a listen. Very interesting. And yeah, I think it resonates really well with what we spoke to Dawn about last week. Definitely. Uh, one other, the other thing I wanted to pick up on. Did you see you guys, as we were recording this, it's the, what date is it today? 30th of September. Last night, Tottenham Hotspur played in the League Cup. <laughs> did you hear what, did you hear what happened to Eric Dyer mid-game? No, yes, I, I did. I've been in a, I must have been in some weird bubble, have I, the last 20, 24 hours? No. So mid-game, literally, he just ran off the pitch and ran straight down the tunnel for a toilet break. Uh, didn't tell anyone where he was going. He just had to go at that point. Uh, and as runners and triathletes, I think we can relate to that uh, quite nicely. <laughs> um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a knock on my door uh, and someone was stood there desperate uh, with nowhere to go. <laughs> Who would that have been, eh? Me, Carl. wasn't me. But I, may have been, but I may have been with the guy and there's only three of us here. <laughs> where were you when i needed you paul you're on the phone to sky or bt one of the yeah two. one of the yeah. one of them yeah as and i say we answered and uh it was, it was a funny experience actually robot just couldn't stop laughing <laughs> and uh yeah i've knocked on the door and lucy's like, oh josh hello are you okay and i was like in dire streets i was like uh yeah not too bad sorry to bother you can i borrow your toilet she's gone uh yeah yeah of course no problem and she's gone oh hold on a minute um one of the kids were upstairs in the shower i was like oh no <laughs> and it turned out yeah they were so i couldn't use the toilet so i had to improvise yeah i, I didn't <laughs> i didn't i didn't watch <laughs> did you hear as well um yesterday when when uh, eric died did it Mourinho chased him down the um uh down the tunnel and the reason he gave in the press con- conference afterwards he wanted him to hurry up so he thought him being there would help push the situation along <laughs> <laughs> uh, a peer pressured poo. Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, I, kind of, I kind of felt like that the other day, though. I had to improvise and go elsewhere, and then I'd like Roebuck at the end, just like jogging on the spot, like. <laughs> <laughs> feeling the pressure to perform. Yeah. yeah fair play. Uh, right. Dear. Okay. So, um, as I say, we've got Carl on here to talk about um, kids going into triath uh, into triathlon and things. Um, do you just want to give a bit of a background about yourself, Carl? and your coaching stats and all that sort of stuff yeah it's um like anyone i sort of got into coaching uh through taking the the my two kids uh to the triathlon club in yate uh yate stars um and just sort of went along i had an interest in triathlon uh at the time and my kids sort of showed a bit of an interest 
so we went along uh, and got roped into the club as you do. Um, and before I knew it, they were sort of asking me to do my level one coaching, uh, which I did in 2016, I think it was. Um, and um, basically went on from there, really got involved with the club more and more. Um, and yeah, did my level two coaching badge uh, two years ago in 2018. And yeah, so yeah, just yeah, Troy Stars was founded in 2001. So it's quite an old club, actually. Um, basically started by parents uh, who had sort of shared interest in, in triathlon um, and their kids were either good swimmers, good runners and just wanted to get into the sport. I think it was that time of the sport was sort of starting to get a little bit more mainstream. So yeah, that's sort of the background really. And yeah, I just sort of, one of those things I sort of just fell into helping out at the club and I just sort of become the head coach of the club now, um, purely through other coaches leaving um, because I'm the, the only level two coach left there now. It's sort of be a bit of a default really, to, to be honest. So, um, but I really enjoy it. I love it. I love, I love coaching, coaching the younger athletes and, what sort of age group are we talking? So British Triathlon do it in a structure called TriStars. So it starts at TriStar 1. So the club's open for, for kids who are 8 um, through to 17. So you go TriStar 1, 2 and 3, uh, then into youth and then into junior. I think I've got the right way around there, junior or youth. So yeah, it's just broken up into age groups and then each age group is like a two-year two-year age bracket so um that's how they that's how they sort of format it and it works really well you, you know junior triathlon is quite popular you know you go, you go to some there's quite a lot of events you go to events and they're really busy and they're very they, you know they're pretty competitive as well to be honest um yeah so really good yeah nice and um so how do those training sessions work then carl with the with the kids what does a training session look like it depends really so we do we do Swim sessions, obviously, uh, we do those at Winterbourne Academy in the pool there. At the moment, we're down to one swim session a month, purely because of the restrictions that are in place at the moment. Um, numbers in the pools and uh, Winterbourne Academy literally just opened again. So we're in a bit of a sort of a feel our way back into it a little bit at the moment. And the club numbers are quite low. So we've gone down to one swim a month at the academy to see how, where we go with that. We do every Monday night um, at Yosk track. Um, so we do a track night there. And then the bike at the moment is predominantly during the summer. We'll use Yosk's sort of fields to do bike and run sessions. Um, so we'll try and replace the track um, with doing actual bike and run sessions. So the kids are getting those skills, transition skills from bike to running. But like I say, we struggle during the winter because of like the, the, the light goes obviously the playing fields are wet and trying to trying to find somewhere to do biking during the winter is is quite difficult apart from going out on the roads um which trying to get a group of potential sort of eight to 17 year olds out on a group ride is um yeah probably something we uh <laughs> we don't really want very often yeah to be honest yeah so um yeah we have to sort of find private roads and stuff so it's quite tricky really um the biking side of it but everything else, sort of, yeah, track night's really popular. But weirdly, swimming is is quite tricky to get the numbers at swimming for some reason. And we're trying to find out why. So we don't know on that one. 
Um, as a coach and stuff, how have you had to adapt what you do with the kids and stuff? How do you like plan the sessions? Because as I say, because the different age groups are all at different development stage with growth and muscle build and all that sort of stuff. So how do you actually structure your sessions and how have you had to adapt as a coach to fit that? So uh, obviously my sort of first exposure to proper sort of coaching in that sense was just going along and helping out some of the early sessions uh, where I got involved and then doing my level one coaching was quite quite weird in the sense that you go along to British triathlon and one thing they're not very good at is giving you much direction on coaching kids it's all very adult based and they it's very odd as well when you're doing your coaching badges there's like a section on on junior coaching juniors and they don't really give you much guidance on it so a lot of it is is a lot of it's common sense i suppose where you you we divide the the group up into ability really so whether that be age or just pure talent you know you might have some younger kids that want to run with the older kids because they can cope with the session that you put in place so we might have depending on numbers we might have two groups we might have three groups and we're splitting them up in ability which is nine times out of ten is to do with age so younger ones will go off the older ones will stick together and we'll do them a session plan, which is always the same plan, but the younger ones will just take the distances down, give them more rest. And the, the key thing with the, the, the juniors is you've got to keep it fun. As soon as you make it boring and just start doing repeats of something, you know, uh, tonight, you know, if you, if you went there and said, we're going to do 400 repeats tonight, you'd lose them like <laughs> so quick. They just well, become do the more so quick, <laughs> you know. So you've got to make it fun. You know, you've got to do fun things with them. You've got to do a bit of a fun warm up, have a laugh with them and try and get them on your side, really. Because as soon as you lose them and they get grumpy, then, yeah, believe me, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lost cause, to be, to be honest. Fair play. Yeah, I, so, I can't cope with my three at home, let alone trying to encourage 12 people or, or 12 kids to, to get going on a track and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It, it, your enthusiasm rubs off on them. So you, you, you know, even if you're a bit grumpy and you turn up there, you've got to turn the enthusiasm on. I sit they they're just, they're just, they sort of mirror you a little bit. Sometimes the, the kids. Yeah, sure. As long as, as long, it's all about enjoying it and being, uh, participating in it a lot. Is there many kids triathlon events out there? Is, is that quite a big thing? Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. There's, um, it's structured. So you've got, you've got sort of local races, you know, I could rattle a few off the, the Bo would do a few, uh, and there's some at Burnham. North Bristol try to do a good one over um, Hembury every year. They're normally led by other triathlon clubs. And what basically. sort of distances would they be doing then? Would they still be at it? Would it be a duathlon, or would they be doing pool swimming? They'd do a, yeah, they'd do a full triathlon, basically. And I can never remember the the, uh, the, um, the length, so I've got them written down here somewhere, and I'm just trying to flick, flick through my... Uh, notes here a minute he's done some prep look josh no i've only because my memory is shocking so basically 50 oh (laughs) yeah hey 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 so basically try star so you go try star try star one two three then then youth so basically just to give you an idea try try start which is eight eight to nine they'll do a 50 meter swim uh a 1k bike and a 500 meter run which doesn't sound a lot but when you're eight or nine that's quite a all strung together we're putting transitions in there and sort of race day 
we all know what race day's like is some bit of a hectic thing in your head and it you know especially triathlon you know you you put all those three things together and it's um yeah it's quite a it's quite a big thing for him really to be honest and then it goes up through to Troy Star three so it increases up then to sort of just to give you an idea you've got 300 meter swim uh it goes up to a 6k bike uh and then a 2k run so again you're going up you know you're going yeah. up another another notch so yeah it's but they do they do differ some of the some of the some of the distances do differ slightly depending on what where you go and what the race is and then as soon as you get into sort of um the, the junior used a lot of them are sprint distances so you do a full sprint distance so it was funny actually monday night we did we did the run distances at club so um in actual fact i think that distance i've got it's written in an actual handbook here i think that distance is wrong because i made my tri- either that or i was wrong because i made my tri stars three run a 2.4k on monday night perhaps i i, I overdid it for him but um they won't be somebody old- next week <laughs> <laughs> some of the older ones were running a you know they're running a 5k on, on the track on monday night so um so yeah it's uh, yeah it's quite a it's quite a full-on thing really at sort of age doing a try that sort of distance sort of 20k bike 400 swim you know it's um okay. yeah, it's quite quite a, quite a distance really yeah. and would you say like the the prospect of the kids going on to continue triathlon is reduced because schools etc don't focus on it as a sport do they Definitely, yeah. I, I think we get, we've had, we, the numbers have dwindled over the last couple of years at the club. We're down to probably about, at the moment, I think we've got about, we've we've had a few new people come on board. So I think we're up to sort of like 14, 15 paying members again at the moment. Um, it did dip right down, but, you know, back a few years ago, we were probably up 25, 30 paying members, maybe more. And we had a lot of older athletes. So at the moment, we've got quite a good crop of younger, younger, younger ones come in, um, sort of the bottom age of the, the, the age range, which is quite nice. So we had a lot of older ones leave. And it's quite difficult for them then to step up into and keep it going with an adult club. It's quite a daunting step up, I think, for them because they're allowed to come to our training sessions until they're 18. So as soon as, they're seven, as soon as they finish 17, that's it. They have to go to an adult club. And I don't think uh, a lot of them carry it on, which is quite sad. Have um, you um, got like a feeder club that you pass your... Uh... Well, we have tried actually, but it sort of it needs a little bit more, um, bit more effort on our part, I think. Um, it's quite difficult. You can, you can, give, you can give the parents and, and the, the older athletes some guidance and sort of try and coerce them in it certain way but i think they get lost to other things as well mate you know we, we we get as soon as they get a little bit older um especially up to sort of they start getting the gcses going we lose them to that because they want to put a bit more time into maybe they're doing football or rugby or they might be part of a swim club or an athletics club and they sort of tend to start choosing where they're going to spend their time um so we lose we lose a few to that as well so they might go off and do a football club instead because you know that's that's where they want to spend their time. So, it, yeah, it's quite tricky. It is quite tricky. Um, do you think um, British triathlon do enough to bring the youngsters through? Chatting to um, Brett Halliwell and Harry Palmer when, because they've, say, just turned pro. British triathlon, even though they've got their pro license, don't give them any incentive or any funding to help with extra coaching or anything like that. They're basically left at their own devices. And is it the same for the kids coming through? There's no real 
British triathlon don't do anything to help bring that next generation in? In a sense, in a sense of support, uh, they do have the, they do, they bring, there's a system in place where in terms of racing, there's a system in place where they, you can go from sort of local level to sort of national level, sort of regional to international level racing wise. But I think the support like, like an adult, um, would come from your club. I think is put the onus is put on the club to give you that support, and I think it's only when you get to that sort of top end potential elite athlete level that they might GB might take you under their wing as part of their sort of um, elite sort of junior setup and sort of maybe coerce you a little bit and push you a little bit in the in to going into sort of triathlon down that route, but. Yeah, it's difficult unless you're in that setup, which is what, as a percentage of the country, is absolutely minuscule, isn't it? You know, there's probably some really good triathletes out there that don't even don't even get anywhere near that support. Um, I was thinking about it today. It's a bit like the Formula One structure, where it's the parents that are with the kids with go-karting. They're expected to the, the parents pay for the go-karts and take them all around the country go-karting and waiting yeah. for a, an F1 team to maybe spot them and. Yeah, in see some potential but there's no actual like um breeding ground or, or a feeding place where these people can actually pro- prosper sort of thing and it's the same let's say with triathlon are we going to find the next brownlee or um uh, somebody like that where where uh, are we going to find them i think there's to be honest i think there is a good crop of of, of um younger triathletes coming through i think the women's side there's some really good, we've had some good triathletes come through. I think the women's side probably looks a little bit stronger than the male side, to be honest. It's difficult though, because, you know, the rest of the world step their game up as well. You look at the French, they've got some, you know, they've got as, as, a, as a nation, they've sort of really stepped up uh, in triathlon. Um, you know, Vincent Louis, I think at the moment, is probably, is probably untouchable out there at the moment on the short course. So, you know, that... I don't know. It's it's difficult. It's difficult, and I think uh, triathletes come in from other sports as well. That's what you tend to find, whether mm. they're cycling, swimming, or running. Um, they find triathlon a little bit later. So definitely, yeah. So, Carl, we like to do a coaching tip of the week. So, seeing as we got you on the pod, we thought we'd hand you over the honours. So, what would be your coaching tip or run session? of the week that you would share with the listeners uh, run session well to be honest i did think about this and i couldn't pick a run session because as you two already know my philosophy on the running is uh three <laughs> three at least three sessions a week one long one tempo one speed there you go and my for me it's consistency. If you want to be getting better, improving, and um, and being your best, it's consistency. Uh, you've got to plan, stick to the plan, and be consistent with it. You can't. We we all do it. I do it. Find excuses why I can't go out for a run, can't get the bike out, can't go swimming. Um, but to be honest, some of my best performances are when I've sort of really got my head into it and stuck to a plan 100% being consistent. And sometimes even if you're tired, the plan says go out and run 10 miles and you're not up for it, just that consistency of just go out and run 
two or three miles. You've been out and you've done something. Um, it may not be on the plan or in your mind, but you've been out and done it. And, and I think consistency for me is the key. That's that's what I tell people. Just just make it make it consistent. It's all about, like I just said at the start, about taking that 100% responsibility for everything. You can't blame anybody else if you don't go out and do the, the sessions that are, that are in the diary sort of thing. Yeah, I think, I think what you've touched on there, Carl, is a really good philosophy and tip. Um, however, I will forewarn you, it might get edited out of the pod because you didn't mention Dennett's beloved 9-1. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am going to get somebody on the pod that is going to change your mind gonna change your mind i want to know how much you paid brett to say that he did something similar on the other week yeah i reckon there was a compromise wasn't there you were thinking brett was saying oh actually i can't go as low as nine one so i'll go 14 one i think what we need to do um there's a harry palmer interview coming out in the next couple of days um and he's going to do the tt route um hopefully uh that we've got on the uh, club ride so i reckon we should do a bit of a thing where we have you two up against harry palmer on the tt and then we'll set you guys up against uh brett and he can nine one and you can go full steam and we'll see who finishes first yeah i've got, I've got no issue with that yeah. <laughs> bring, bring <it> <laughs> carl <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know what to say well wow. just say yeah i'm willing to take on brett while he nine ones and i run full steam how far Let's say half, mar- half marathon. Half, ma- half marathon. Half marathon. After, after this week, Ian, mate, I might not still be here. To be fair. <laughs> right. So let's move on to this week then. So as a train, as um, in previous pods, one of the big key things that I keep saying, especially when we're talking about the virtual London marathon, um, is not to do too much too soon because you're going to liable to pick up injuries with either Achilles um, or calf or shins. So Josh, do you want to tell the listeners why you might not be on the podcast next week? <laughs> I've got all <laughs> my plans are to be on the podcast next week, first and foremost. Um, however, I might not be sitting comfortably and yeah, I might be aching a little bit. So <laughs> um, this weekend, it just seems to be an action packed weekend of exercise, really. So I think a lot of things have fallen on this weekend so wait a minute wait a minute on, has it fallen on this weekend or are you just really rubbish at keeping a diary and you've just said yes to everything not realizing what the dates were well there's a bit of that but i actually think the rides that we got planned for saturday if you look back through the messages was planned in advance of london marathon saying that the virtual marathon was going to be on the sunday so okay. yeah, that's in, that's in my defence. So and, let's start um, then. Saturday, what are you planning Saturday? So Saturday is going to be, well, it, it's originally going to be a ride down to Weymouth from back. So looking at the weather, it looks absolutely horrendous. Like it's going to rain all day Saturday. So there's talks of potentially editing that route slightly, but it's going to be 100 miles at least anyway. So what does it, what does it currently say? It's currently 156, isn't it? Yeah, it's currently set at 156 miles with 11,000 feet of climbing, (laughs) which is going to be on the Saturday. (laughs) And the weather is Um, that there's a storm coming in, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on the Sunday, I've come up with the bright idea of doing the last try at Sydney, the sprint triathlon by Trimax Events. Who we're going to get on the podcast at some point. Yeah, hopefully get Andy on the podcast. And then after that, 
I'm going to run home with my good friend, Mr. Roebuck, which will equate to the 26.2 miles needed to complete the London virtual marathon. So are you going to include the sprint triathlon run leg as part of the marathon or are you adding the marathon on top of the whole try? So mute Carl at this point because I'm trying to obviously negotiate him doing the try as well. <laughs> um, but it will be separate, yeah. So, you know, the, the run you, will be... Hold on, hold run. on. What do you mean? <laughs> and then, hold on, I've got to come in here. I've got to come in here. Right. I was sat the other night after this airframe <laughs> plan was uh, put to me by Mr. Josh. Next thing I have is an email pop in saying, congratulations on your entry to the last try. <laughs> so I don't uh, think I had any choice in this because I'm already entered. Is this correct, Josh? I tell you oh, what, that's yeah, one way to get a, a running partner to, to join you is sign them up without them knowing. <laughs> sign them up, I know. I, the, the funny thing about it was I was chatting to a good friend, Andy, who runs Trimax events and um, I put the harebrained plan to him and um yeah you know he was like you're a madman and uh we were talking about it in a bit more detail i said oh i'm trying to i'm trying to get my friend carl involved with stuff and you know he's gonna run run the marathon a bit with me but i want to get him involved in the try and then we just come up with the, the plan let's get him signed up and then <laughs> he hasn't got much choice <laughs> so we we got him we signed him up <laughs> and then uh yeah carl got the uh the confirmation email dropped in his inbox and uh I didn't actually straight away actually initially I didn't hear anything Carl so I was a bit like hmm, I wonder if he's got the email or has he checked his email so I put a call into him the next morning and just happened to go oh mate uh, by any chance have you have you looked at your emails <laughs> which is when he turned right and went funnily enough I did and I seem to have had a confirmation email for the last try at Lydney <laughs> no last time the, how long ago Carl did you do it and I came to watch was that two years ago, three years ago? I reckon. Uh, I reckon it was probably three. Three years, years ago, and the weather—it was freezing, wasn't it? I stood there eating bacon sandwiches and stuff, just watching you—you you do your thing. Um, I don't know if I'd fancy running a marathon back in that weather. And if we're, we're going to have another storm this week, just crossing the Seven Bridge, the weather is going to be awful. Well, I've got to that point now where you boys keep coming up with these challenges and I keep dodging them. So I thought I can't keep dodging things. So I've, I've had to sort of just man up on this when I think just, I, I'm dodging the bike on the Saturday at least. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm trying to dodge the bike on the Saturday as well, but I'm not doing a very good are. job at it currently. <laughs> See, Josh, you've got a history of this. I remember, was it last year that you cycled to Cardiff? And just turned up in the car park and then did the Cardiff half marathon with us all. Was that last year? <laughs> yeah, that was right. Yeah. So you've yeah. got you've last got a history. Year or the year before, maybe. Yeah. Well, I just like to. I think I just got self belief in you know what I can achieve, <laughs> and I just like to push myself to the limits to you know to try to really test my limitations. Really. So I haven't. If I'm being honest, my only big mistake, which I'm a little bit. Well, it's because of obviously with the injury and stuff to my leg, I haven't been able to put the run miles in that I normally I normally would. But um, my only main one thing is that like I would have liked to have trained a little bit better for it. But <laughs> well, listen, we're, we're, listen, we're going to roll the dice. You know, I like I said, I've got self belief. I'm confident in my ability, and I know that I can 
getting that hurt locker and you know grind it out. So now one question yeah, I've just got on the on the on the run home, there's got to be no walking. You're not ah. allowed to walk. I was going to jump in there. We've already made the fact <laughs> that we, we, yeah. at no point are we nine one in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's actually so funny you mentioned that, uh, Paul, because we literally <laughs> we went over a run in the week, me and Cole, and we were running up the hill, and I said. I'll tell you one thing, no, Carl. And he said, what's that, Josh? And I said, whatever happens, even if my leg starts playing up, I said, I am not walking. <laughs> I'm not giving Dennett the satisfaction of seeing on my Strava. That yeah, I but you walking. know, I, I won't said, be looking at your Strava. There'll be plenty of other Strava police out there um, seeing what, assessing what you did. So that's, that's the plan story. for this weekend. Well, fair play to you both. Uh, as I say, I am supposed to be doing the uh, cycle to Weymouth, but currently my why is not big enough really to get me out the door. So I'm still trying to find the why and why I'm going to be doing it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you better get looking quickly. You've only got a couple of days until uh, we're meeting at the Beef Eater at 10 to 6 in the morning. <laughs> my only day off this week and they're getting me up at what, half past five to go for a cycle in the dark. Can you, um, you're on video, aren't you? Can you see that? Yeah, is that the smallest violin? That's, is that what just for the listeners? Yeah, the world's smallest violin. You know, this is um an audio uh medium, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is what I'm I was glad, saying. Can you see it? Because I'm glad it is because uh, currently Josh is just sat there in a towel. <laughs> so, um, well, going somebody bottled a run or a ride with me this afternoon, but don't, oh. worry, don't worry about that. We, we, we'll move on. So, it, going was, it was raining, it was raining. So, I'll let <laughs> Going forward then, Carl, um, what's the plan for next year? Are you sign up for Outlaw to do it with us? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I will do it. I'm not doing it next year, though. Why um, not? Why not? Come on, tell the listeners why not. A, I'm still sceptical how next year's going to pan out with the whole coronavirus thing. So I, in my mind, would want to start training for that properly probably early in the year. Um, so I don't know whether I want to commit part of my year to something again that might not happen. So I've literally said to myself next year is going to be, uh, I might do a half distance and some sprints and some Olympic stuff. Really? Uh, that's where I'm going. Um, just for the listeners, a bit of history with Carl, about three years ago, he was, a. am going to do no longer than 10 K. Um, and every time we asked him to do an event, it was like, no, it's longer than 10K, longer than 10K. And then um, Ironman Wells. What did you do in Ironman Wells? You smashed it, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed it. Good I race. wouldn't do it again, but I enjoyed it. Wouldn't do it again? <laughs> no. I've ticked the box now. Would you do, have you do done a flat one? one? You want to do it, yeah. Which is outdoor, is, well, they say it's flat and fast, which is uh, what we're looking for, really. So, anything else to finish off then, Joshua? Got any news? No, I think um, that's about it, really. I've done my training now. I'm going to have a couple of rest days before the weekend. And yeah, I really look forward to uh, yeah, what I've got planned. Actually, so, what you two can do on your phones, if you can do some voice memos during your run, just saying how you feel, <laughs> what you see, what the weather's like, and then we'll slide them into next week's pod as a, uh, an audio treat for the listeners. Carl, you can... Me. 
That's all I'll be doing, moaning. Moaning at <laughs> gosh. Yeah, but that's the fun. That was where the fun's going to come in. So, I don't know, every 10K or something, when you, when you go for that little walk because you're getting your, your food out and your gels, just quick quick uh, audio message on your phone. Put them all together. Send them to me. I'll edit, I'll edit them for next week. Uh, and then we can let the listeners know how you got on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, it's going to be so wet and cold, I can't probably feel my hands. I can feel it already. Like the chill, the, the rain and the wind coming across the Severn Bridge. It's, it's going to blow. It's going to be blowing a gale. Fair play to you. Yeah, it'd what? be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah. Right then, Josh, do you want to close the pod? Where can people find you? Actually, Carl, do you want um, to drop the TriStars webpage and all that sort of stuff? If guys are interested in getting their kids involved. Uh, what's the best way of of doing it? Uh, just uh, Google Yate Yate Stars. We've just um, updated the the website, so all the contact details are on there, and I think the info link on there comes through to my email. Okay, so, and I'll put a link on the um, show notes for this podcast as well. So if uh, people are interested in saying getting the kids involved, um, they can just uh, say link on the uh, click on the link, uh, and that will send them through. Nice one. Yeah, and as as you know already, you can find me on Instagram as jmski123 and on Facebook as Joshua Strauski. Did anybody email you to let you know if they'd rather go through childbirth or doing 100 laps, no, 500 laps on a, a running track? We did have a couple of people actually. Um, and thankfully, they have done both. So they're in the best possible position <laughs> to comment. Um, and yeah, I think... I think it was a split, wasn't it? I think it was a split, yeah. One yeah, they said I'd do person... the ultra and one said they think yeah. they'd, they'd go for childbirth. Yeah, did you hear yeah, that episode, Carl? Yeah, so. I did. And uh, funnily enough, I, uh, a couple of my older athletes, I had a conversation with them because they were moaning around running 5K around a track Monday night and I told them about Dawn. And uh, I think they thought I was pulling their leg. Uh, I think I convinced them in the <laughs> I end. Think I think Dawn was pulling our leg. Serious. But 24 yeah, bon- hours wow bonkers absolutely bonkers yeah fair play to her um she sent me a massive list um this week since we've done the interview of things um hints and tips and a, a little bit of stuff for my um challenge uh, and we'll go through them one day because there's some crazy stuff on there that she thinks i need to get ready for so uh um, i'm going to using your guys knowledge to help me uh, get some of that stuff ready as well um I'm on Instagram as active underscore soul underscore UK. Uh, and the direct email, if you do want to get involved, is uh, active souls podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, Carl Roebuck, thanks very much for your time. Pleasure as always. And obviously, thank you to everybody who's tuned in and listened to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Carl. Thank you for joining us. No worries. Appreciate Enjoyed it. it. Wicked. As if, as if I don't see enough of you two anyway. <laughs> well, now, now every time Josh mentions your name, um, at least people can put a, a, a sound, uh, a voice to the, to the name they're, uh, they're hearing. Uh, yeah, time. you had to think about what you are going to say. Then. I was then, because I was going to say a picture. an audio podcast, isn't it? <laughs> an audio podcast. <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to edit that bit out. I have the power. <laughs> right then, guys, thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Say bye, Carl. Bye. Ha <laughs> <laughs>